Haven Chat. This is Carrie, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I have on the podcast a friend that I've been able to call someone a friend, a real friend in my life for a long time, Mm -hmm. and I am so privileged and honored that she agreed to come on and speak today. Her name is Char. She is the Director of Church Ministries for Northern California Nevada District of the Assemblies of God, and she's just an all-around awesome person who spouts wisdom Mm -hmm. and humor in the same sentence a lot of times. So, welcome, Char. Hey, my friend. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, this is awesome. This so is, fun to catch yeah, up. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah, I almost have to Absolutely. set up a podcast to catch up with all these great friends in my life. <laughs> I love it. It's so, so good. I need to start one. <laughs> you do. You do. I'll come on yours. That'll be great. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I asked the Lord, what do you want me to ask Shar about? And he said, revival. And that's a cool subject, kind of broad, means different things to different people. And so I felt like there were a few questions that the Lord gave me about that. But is there anything you want to start with by sharing about it or what it means to you? Um, you know, revival has always been, to, to me... Um, a marked time in history that we've seen. I know there's, you know, everybody has different definitions and, you know, Webster's is going to give you a different definition, but it's uh, where the church comes to life usually and uh, souls get saved. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably one of my favorite revivalists that or you know, people that talk about is Dr. You know, Michael Brown. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, he, uh, he was part of a revival and um and and i love how he explains why it's needed you know because we leak we're we're leaky um Mm -hmm. and and we just we have a a fallen nature um but i I love how that revival um starts in the church and then um usually what we see uh the patterns of revival is usually it starts in the church starts with the leadership Mm -hmm. Uh, of course, you know, goes to the people because, um, like priests, like people, like minister, like members, uh, that's just how it works. And then, um, usually, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Those who have left the church, the, uh, the prodigals, that's the word I'm looking for. The prodigals mm-hmm. come back home, mm-hmm. um, and then the loss comes in. And, um, so I, I am excited just for all of that. I'm like, yes, God, on all three levels. I'm in. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Last year, for me, it started, uh, it was January. I was home uh, during 2022. Um, I had come really to the end of myself. I had been telling my sister the year before, I said, uh, this job is too big for me. Hmm. Um, what was in the, what was actually ended up happening? What and I and I realize it now was I was giving out more than I was putting in, mm. and so the fuel tank was constantly empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, my platform had become larger than my prayer life, mm. um, and that you know that leads to a jackknife where you know the cargo trailer is pushing the motor, and um, and then you you end up wrecking. And so I knew. I was starting to become irritable, all of these signs of shutting down. Like, mm-hmm. those are the beginning signs of depression and, and all these things. And so I said to my sister, I said, um, 
I have to, and I said it exactly like this, uh, this phrase, and it kept going over and over. I have to increase my capacity to contain more of him. Mm. And when I can contain more of him, I'll be able to contain more of other people, things that irritate me Mm -hmm. that they won't matter. And so we know those things, but when you're in, when you're striving, you forget them. Mm. And, um, so I, I just kept telling my sister, I have to increase my, my capacity to contain more of him. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'd been doing my devotions, and I but but you know, a different level of battle requires yeah. a different level of spiritual warfare. Yeah. And um, and now you know, I was feeding a lot of people, and so you, when you're feeding a lot of people, you have to eat a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was home. It was January. I was home for a week. I was sick. It wasn't COVID, but I still couldn't come into the office because, I mean, like at our office, if you, like, you know, have a sniffle, you're you're home. And so to get over it, I was home for a week, and I was home by myself. And I just started – I couldn't stop crying. Like, Mm -hmm. I was just doing my prayer time as I normally do, and then I just couldn't stop crying. And I was like, what is happening? Um, And – so by day two, it's still happening, and I was just, I just couldn't stop weeping. I just couldn't stop speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. I would go to brush my teeth, and I'm speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. So I call my dad, and I'm like, Dad, something's not right. And he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, uh, I can't stop speaking in tongues. And he's like, you know, he starts crying on the phone. He's like, baby, that's beautiful. I'm like, I know, but what's happening to me? Like, is this midlife crisis? Mm-hmm. Is it my hormones? Um, I've never, I've, I've experienced great moments with God. I've experienced, but I've never experienced an extended, uh, literally it was like someone knocked on my door and said, Hey, will you house the Ark of the Covenant? Like mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, the presence of God moved into the spare room and mm-hmm. didn't leave. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what is happening? Um, I started getting like revelations. I started having, uh, you know, uh, closed visions. I started having, um, I started, I didn't even know about trances, you know, um, I I was like, what is happening to me? Mm. So uh, then I, I had to start looking outside of, you know, the norm of what I was usually going to for understanding. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, so then I'm starting to look into, you know, speakers and teachers and all sorts of people that all my life I've heard were, you know, a little bit off or their theology wasn't right. And I'm like, well, I need somebody to help me understand this mm-hmm. um, because nobody who says they have sound theology right now is writing about this. Um, and if, since I've learned different, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I've really grown in, um, in definitely being able to, you know, take what I want from someone and spit out the bones. I've, mm-hmm. I've always just been raised that way. So I was like, okay, yeah, I, I'm not going to agree with everything with everybody, and that's okay. I mean, I, there's parts of my inside myself I don't even agree with. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's parts of Char I don't even agree with. So I'm <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Um, and so I just, God began to take, the Holy Spirit began to just take me on this journey. Mm. And even people in my life were like, you're different. What's going on? And I'm like, I'm messy. I'm a mess. And they're like, it doesn't have to be messy. I'm like, I'm a me- I'm messy. I can't help it. I'm just a mess. And... Um, uh, what was happening was um, like the open heavens were just over my life, and and it was this great tenderizing of my heart. Mm. This this um, the Holy Spirit that I call it now, you know, the Holy Spirit's the great tenderizer. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it led me into a place that I had never gone um, in the in the spirit realm, and also just um, in levels with the Holy Spirit of mm. okay, I have to prepare a generation for the revival that's coming. So mm-hmm. I felt like he was like, revival's coming, prepare, prepare, prepare. Mm-hmm. You have to prepare your people. Um, the, and when he meant that, I knew kind of like, okay, I'm overseeing youth ministry, I'm overseeing children's workers and youth workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the next generation that's gonna be called into ministry. And so mm-hmm. he's like, you have to prepare them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. Um, right? How do you prepare people for revival? And so there was just some things that he's like, you need to talk to them about this and this and this. Um, so I get up at our leaders training and I'm like, hey guys, I just want to give you a heads up. Um, you know, we've been mostly John Maxwell. Mm-hmm. And um, leadership is wonderful, but I recently heard someone put it this way and I love it. I, the idea of it is like leadership has become the idol of the church. Mm. Um, and while I love leadership training, there is also a side to it that is not kingdom. And, um, and so I, even with my teams, I have to say, okay, um, I don't have the greatest influence in the room. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I didn't have a large youth ministry, um, I, you know, I had 13, 13, 15 kids was like my highest, you know, Mm -hmm. in a very small community. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't have the the greatest influence at the table, but what what began to happen is I changed because I had the, the authority. So we have placed the highlight in the church on influence instead of on authority. And you only get authority at his feet. And so when you step in the room and you have, you know, you've, you've been in his presence and you uh, have literally put in the time because time is heaven's currency. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's a price to pay as a leader. Now, I'm not saying that you don't, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a plane that has two different wings. You know, you definitely have to, in an organization, you have to have leadership, but you also better be going in in spiritual authority. And that's not just because you have a title and someone's prayed over you and handed you a mantle at a service. Right. You know, you get that authority sitting in his presence, learning. It's a, he says, learn of me. Mm-hmm. And so I started saying, okay, God, I have to learn of you. And so I started walking in this authority that I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I started just challenging people um, in regards to the areas of the spirit realm. And um, that went over sometimes good sometimes you know i've had to deal with um well you know how are lost people going to react to this and i'm like hey wait a second you know the holy spirit isn't somebody that we keep in the basement Mm -hmm. and we let him out occasionally because we're worried he's going to be weird you know the holy spirit is the great evangelist Mm -hmm. he has the ability to draw people you know um and so I, I believe it changed my whole entire leadership, the way I lead, the way I see things, um, the spiritual level of now this year, I felt like the Lord said to me, um, I said, God, what is this year? 2023 fit at the go year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, let's, mm-hmm. let's go, let's go. And so this year is I have been passionate about um, studying uh, freedom ministries, deliverance ministries, um, 
walking in, okay, how do we train and raise up the next generation of deliverance ministers? Um, Because we all need to be trained. So these aren't just uh, areas of like fivefold ministries, like where we're, you know, I I believe it's important to teach people how to prophesy, but there's really, you know, not everybody has the office of a prophet, whereas when it comes to deliverance and freedom ministry, that's all of us. We all need to be trained in this. There's just general areas of uh, spiritual authority that we need to take, and, well, and so it's delivered ourselves. Sometimes there's things oh, we don't even understand. Yeah. I think that we need yes. to be delivered from. Yes. So the so the the pre- preparation is like, Char, you have to prepare your leaders for what they need to go through in order to lead other people in these areas as well, mm-hmm. because we love to talk about leadership. But are we talking about spiritual leadership, mm. right? And I'm like, oh, okay. So now I'm I'm seeing it. Um, and so it's like someone put new glasses on me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it 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 was it's just, and all of a sudden I clearly saw. Period. I clearly saw. No lie. I so clearly everywhere I went, I saw in like 3D. Okay, this is the world, and this is mm-hmm. kingdom. And I could walk into a room and go, oh, that's not kingdom, or oh, that's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, just with the th- things that the world was putting out was just so, I had never seen it before. It was like I had been walking in a haze, and someone just lifted the haze. Mm-hmm. Even like things like, and, and again, we're in Pride Month. I had never before reconciled that and gone like, oh, w- wait a second. The world is actually literally calling it Pride Month. Mm-hmm. He resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. I mean, just the wording of, like, uh, the gay community, come out of the closet. No, no, the Word of God says it's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Go into the closet and pray. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, everything that was like, it was the exact opposite of the Word of God. And it all became clear, like crystal clear. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even explain. That season was so crystal clear of this is kingdom, this is not kingdom. And I was like... Oh wow! Okay, and so it led me to um, to different authors. It led me in my prayer time, and he began to it, it, when I would get up and I would speak and I would minister. You know, before it was always like, "Oh, you're so funny," and people were coming up to me now and going, "I'm changed. Mm-hmm. Like I'm forever changed." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's and not that he doesn't use funny, and not that I can't be who I am and my personality." But, you know, I would secretly grieve after I would speak somewhere and people would come up and be like, you're hilarious, you need to be a comedian. And I'd be like, wait a second, uh, okay, thank you, but uh, I hope right. you're changed, you know. Mm-hmm. And now people are like, oh my gosh, like, you're funny, but that was fire, mm-hmm. you know. And, and um, I'm like, okay, God, yeah, this is, this is what you called me to. And so I started studying revivals. I started studying, you know, what they look like what they smell like, what they sound like, (laughs) and, um, and where we're headed. Yeah. So why do you think, absolutely? well, one of the things that I think is so interesting is it's easier sometimes to have a leadership model than to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I think sometimes that's been maybe our go-to is we're developing leaders instead of helping people understand their authority. So that is a huge place of revelation the Lord gave you. That's awesome. But the second thing I was wondering is why now? 
why do you think the Lord's highlighting this now or freeing you into this now? Mm. Well, you know, um, levels of leadership reveal what's inside us already. And so, like, Aaron didn't know he was an idol maker until he was put in charge. Mm. Um, uh, I didn't know I was a revivalist until I'm, I'm on a platform and the Lord is like, yeah, yeah, okay, Char, what you are bringing to the table? And I'm like, yes, Lord. And he's like, yeah, that's not it. That's mm. not enough. Mm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. And, you know, he gets you to a place where you have to realize that what you're bringing to the table isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he doesn't, it's not like he's not appreciative, like, oh, you know what, you're trying really hard, baby, I love you, baby girl, but just hang on, I got something better for you. Mm-hmm. He lets you get to the end of yourself where all of a sudden you cry uncle. Mm-hmm. And when you get to that spot, the quicker it is that you get to that place and you realize that in your weakness he is strong. So these are all antithetical to what we're being taught usually in leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, leadership is always about, you know, walk in, be the strongest person in the room, say this, say it right, say it loud, say it with force, say it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's great principles in leadership, absolutely. Um, but I don't have to be the person in the room with the greatest amount of influence mm. at all. And I may never be. I am a 120-pound female that is speaking to people who are doing um who are working and doing things that I can't do, mm-hmm. that I don't even have that in my gift mix. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while it's wonderful that I know the, the principles in regards to leadership, and there are definitely biblical principles of leadership, but um, the, the thing of being able to walk in and admit my weakness and to tell my team, hey, the greatest thing I bring to the table is what I don't know because it requires me to need you. Mm-hmm. That's not something that people are going to write up in a book and be like, hey, use this line. Because in, in the worldly sense, that looks like weakness. Mm-hmm. But it's in our weakness. It, was, it, was, it wasn't that the early Christians stood up and fought and protested. It's that they allowed themselves to be given to the lions that changed the world. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we don't want to write books about that. You know, that's not sexy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Lord's like, but I'm going to use this. And he uses the fools. And so he's like, are you going to, I'm I'm walking around, Char, with a basket, and I'm collecting fools. Do you want in? <laughs> yep. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be a fool. And so it's, um, it's the, I love what Pastor Bill Johnson talks about. He said, it's, it's the great exchange, mm-hmm. you know, my dignity for his glory. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's what I, that's what I just said. Okay, God, uh, it's all on the altar. My, I'll give you my dignity. I'll give it all. I just want to see you use me for this generation. God, I'm in. And so crazy things started happening to me. Even like I would get nervous when I would speak because like God would show up in the room. I'd be like in the court. He would literally, I went to UC Davis. I was speaking at one uh, a ministry night there literally i'm i'm speaking i feel god walk in the room i'm literally zapped like with a cattle prod by god Mm -hmm. i'm in the in the corner shaking Mm -hmm. um and he's i'm like here here's you know 150 students looking at me and i look like a huge fool but um the things 
words that begin to come out of my mouth are confirmation of what God was doing in their group. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing in me that leaves going like, oh, she's so cool. Look at her new low dump Nikes. You know, um, mm-hmm. in a day and age where the people on the platform are getting so, are getting famous, the Lord is looking for people who will be literally, um, not that he humiliates us, but there, there's an element of being humili- humiliated in when you just give it all to the Lord and your flesh really is, it, it, it dies. It is humiliated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, God, I believe that this is definitely for this season. And so we've even seen like, um, I just shifted even our youth convention. I just said, hey, we're calling it Presence Conference. We're going after him. I love what Corey Russell says. He says, we've ministered to everybody in the church but him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we're just going to make it about him. Mm-hmm. We're going to go back to it's all about him. Mm-hmm. This isn't a moment to come in here and to show off your latest and greatest. Mm-hmm. This is a moment to impress him, not each other. Mm-hmm. And we're coming to bring him worship. And um, yeah, so that, it just I was ruined. I've just been... I just walked around ruined constantly, just ruined, like just weeping. <laughs> People were like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I just, everything, even still to this, still to this day, I, yeah. in my worship time, a lot of times I'll just weep. Um, it's amazing how also um, your sense of holiness, like there were things on TV that I used to be able to watch or series that I would just be like, oh, you know, it's just a swear word, no big deal. And all of a sudden I, I couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was relegated to watching Walton's and Little House on the Prairie because I'm like, mm-hmm. I just like he was so close to me. He was he was on you know he doesn't rest on everyone, and so when he um, when he rests on you, you don't want to do anything to make him leave, mm-hmm. and you don't want to do anything to offend him. Because it's so life-changing. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. You're just ruined. You're like, okay. And is it available yeah. for everyone, Char? Yeah. Oh. Are we willing to position ourselves? Yeah, you know, um, it's just that simple... And, and even if you're, you know, I tell people, even if you're not desperate, you can always pray for the gift of desperation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, and that, that's, you know, it's crazy prayers. It's really crazy prayers that get his attention. And I, and I don't want to say there's a formula. You know, there was one church that brought me in, not the actual church called One Church, but it was a church that called me in and they wanted to know, hey, how did this happen to you? You know? I think they were looking for the secret formula. And so at the very end, they're like, so this just happened. And I'm like, yeah, it just happened. And they're like, oh, that's what we didn't want to hear. And I'm like, I know it's the, you know, we walk, we all walk under common grace um, that we're even alive, that we're even, you know, theologically in systematic theology, they teach you common grace. But then there's this grace that comes when you, I think when you begin to say crazy, you know, crazy dangerous prayers Mm -hmm. um you know and so you know mine wasn't that crazy i didn't feel like and i I didn't feel like it was that crazy but it was desperate um 
you know, increase my capacity to contain more of you. Now I pray like, like dangerous prayers, like, uh, fire prayers and, and mm-hmm. prayers I would have never prayed before, mm-hmm. you know, prayers I'd been like, Oh yeah, that's probably like my prayer partner prayed those prayers, but not me. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, my mentors pray those things, but not me. Uh, um, I'm the funny one. Um, but and, I, but I yeah. think something I've always admired about you, Char, is that you help people understand how to position themselves mm-hmm. to a place where it's not a formula, it's not a three-step bullet point thing, but yeah, I've always thought of you as someone, okay, I could pattern that place of my life in that way and look for the Lord to meet me not special words not but that place yeah so in this way what would you give people as a place of positioning your heart in a way that they could hear Christ in this new place for themselves absolutely so there's some great principles you know, uh, as we look at this, first off, I was home for the week, so uh, I wasn't in striving mode. Right. So I had to, even because of sickness, I, I had to stop striving. Also, I was aware of um, my need of him. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew, wait a second, I am getting short with people. Wait a second, what I'm receiving from the Lord isn't isn't enough. Like, I... I got to increase uh, my plate so I can contain more of him. Mm-hmm. And so the demand on my time and the demand and the pressure that I was under, um, and also being able to step out there and to take on more. When we take on more, I, I know this sounds crazy, like don't strive, but take on more. Uh, when we step into the opportunity that the Lord has presented us yes. uh, in leadership, it causes us to grow. So I remember Dr. Sam said to me years ago, he goes, I get up early in the morning because responsibility gets you out of bed. And that is the, that is so true. Mm-hmm. When you have um, weight on your shoulders of being a leader, mm-hmm. you you carry something that, um, you know, I've, I've literally, I've been studying the sons of Korah lately. Mm-hmm. And Korah's rebellion. And the reason why he rebelled against Moses was because he was ty- sick and tired Everybody else, so the three sons of Levi were broken into, they carried different things for the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. So there was like the the Korath, I get the names wrong, the Gishonites, and then the Merkes or whatever. I'm saying those all wrong. But there was three lineages there. And like the Gershons, they carried the curtains. And then the Merkes, they carried the framework for the tabernacle. And they could use carts. But the Koathites... They were, they were responsible for the Ark of the Covenant, and they were responsible for all of the things that they used for ministering in the, in the tabernacle, like the, the table that the showbread would go on and all those different instruments. They weren't able to delegate those things to carts. They had to carry them on their shoulders. They had to rest on their shoulders. They were precious cargo. Mm-hmm. And when you're carrying souls, it's precious cargo. You can't delegate them to a cart. You have to let them rest on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Well, the amount of pressure that you feel means that you need to be in his presence more than the than the level of pressure you contain. Right. And so it, leadership is not about a title. It's about the precious souls we carry. Mm-hmm. And so 
when you are carrying more, you have to have more grace for the amount, or you end up rebellious like Korah, Mm -hmm. going to Moses saying, why don't I get a cart? And, and and so, but the thing I love is the Lord is showing me right now as I do this study, he's like, because then when you go over Carrie, seriously, look at the songs we've sung, As the Deer Pants for the Water. Mm-hmm. As the, I love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 uh, there's, a, there's other ones that, that are dwelling places. Lovely mm-hmm. are your dwelling places. We say this for years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there is a river whose streams make known the you know you remember that song mm-hmm. I, I, okay so these songs we've sung for years they were written by the sons of Korah mm-hmm. the most rebellious man that was swallowed in the ground that an earthquake opened up and swallowed him live and 250 of his men mm-hmm. and that rebelled against Moses Moses' mm-hmm. cousin right mm-hmm. his sons are spared and they grow up to be worship leaders mm-hmm. under David mm-hmm. Samuel comes out of that lineage how does that happen I believe that the Lord is raising up the sons and daughters of Korah and that he's saying I know that your parents were rebellious I know that your parents deconstructed their faith but you are gonna sing songs in my house mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. right now we have to raise up that generation to say hey we are gonna be passing the baton to the sons and daughters of Korah right we better do this transition right right yeah. And I think powerful what you're saying. Oh man. It is so timely to this moment, mm. to this season of yeah. history. This is the Lord's heart, Char, for this yeah. moment in history. It is call it is a call because Cora missed his understanding of his opportunity because he resented how hard it was. Yeah. Instead of giving future generations some understanding that they did come into because the Lord destroyed him. Because he had to take Cora out because Cora was poisoning the minds of people coming after him because he was resentful and offended. And that's why he rebelled. Yep. And we, the Lord can't afford to have that in people of leadership in his kingdom. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And all of those people, um, the reality, and, and I know these things are so closely connected, revival and uh, offended ministers. Isn't that crazy? But mm. uh, I truly believe, you know, we're seeing so many lawsuits in the church right now in regards to sexual abuse and and i think it's wonderful that the lid has been taken off and Mm -hmm. we can be honest about these things it is time justice Mm -hmm. needs to be served but i'm looking at this and i think as we go forward and as we progress there's going to be lawyers out there who are going to also be putting things on tv like if you've been spiritually abused call Mm -hmm. 1-800 blah 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 and and so so here's the thing we look back in scripture on how to handle people who have even spiritually abused us. So we look at David, who's sitting there playing songs mm-hmm. in front of Saul, and mm-hmm. Saul is throwing spears at him. Mm-hmm. You talk about abuse. The guy's trying to literally kill him. Mm-hmm. And David has to get to a place where the Lord is wanting to test him, where he doesn't pick up the spears and throw them back. Mm-hmm. 
And so many people get out of ministry because they either get, they step into their first position of ministry. And so my, my job right now is I'm training up leaders, and I myself have gone through spiritual abuse, horrific situations, um, and, and, and even, even uh, covert sexual abuse when I was young by a leader uh, in, in ministry that, you know, years later I went to a, a, a counselor and she's like, wait, they would say these things to you? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, that's called covert sexual abuse. That is abuse. And I'm like, what? Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm like, you're right. I never saw that, but it was the mm-hmm. truth. Um, but we have to train up a generation how to uh, step into a place of ministry that your first position in ministry is not to replace what God has already put in place, but it is here to test your heart. Because we don't know what's in our hearts until we're given a place of authority. Aaron doesn't know he's an idol maker until he's given a place of authority, mm-hmm. right? So um, the Lord is testing our hearts. He's not saying, hey, I want you to go in and make everything right, and, and your job is to go in and take the leadership down and to make sure everything... No, no, no. I'm just here to test your heart. So I've mm-hmm. put you in this position, and now that when you're in leadership, you get to raise up leaders the right way. And so it's all very connected because we have so many people leaving ministry mm-hmm. and then taking that and spouting to everybody else, hey, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. Don't do it, blah, blah, blah. And so we actually have such a shortage in ministry because we have taught people that you're the leader, you get to come in and you're in charge. But the reality is, is the higher up in level of leadership you go, you have more rules that you have to play by and you have less rights. Mm-hmm. And we're not teaching people that when you become the leader, you die. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's, it's an understanding, too. One of the yeah. things that um, someone I really respect in ministry growing up, and it was at a small church and there was a lot of woundedness. There had been a couple church splits. And he went into the situation and there were very angry people there and they were angry with this pastor. And he went to the Lord and said, Lord, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? And the Lord said, you allow them to hurt you and you bring your wounds to me. And it transformed that whole community. Because there was an understanding that he wasn't this leader, but he was to lay his life down for these people by allowing them to kind of get their wounds out, if you will. Take it out on him, and he would take it to Jesus, and then healing began to come. And there was so much that I experienced at that church that I have people tell me, lots of years later like I've never seen leadership like that I've never seen pastoral like that and I've never experienced the Lord moving like that Mm, because you're right they're interconnected yep yeah it is it is so true but it has to be an understanding between you and Jesus yes and out of that comes the example of what that looks like because it's a natural outflow of your life yep yeah those are the greatest places of teaching (laughs) 
I, I and I so agree. I mean, but that is so. If you think about it, that is so not what we have been training in regards to leadership. So people are like, Shar, why why don't we have any youth pastors and why don't we have any children's pastors? And I'm like, well, well, first off, there's several reasons, but I mean, first off, all of our training has been like, if you look at cohorts in colleges. They, they are doing away with all of their youth pastor, most of their youth pastor uh, cohorts, their children's, children's pastors are a thing of the past, mm-hmm. cohorts in colleges. Mm-hmm. No one wants to sign up for that, mm-hmm. but their leadership cohorts are b- bursting at the seams. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is we're literally creating CEOs, but not pastors. Right, right. It's really hard to see. We're not creating Paul, grade, uh, by the way, kids ministry. <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. And so we're not, we don't, we don't have apostles, prophets, um, you know, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. We are creating CEOs. Mm-hmm. And then we're wondering why people are getting into ministry and burning out. And, um, well, we're, we're, we're teaching them how to run, a, to be a manager, you know, at a Fortune 500 company, but that's not what pastoring is. It's exactly what you said. It's laying your life down. It's mm-hmm. the opposite. It's go ahead and wound me. It's not, um, hey, I'm going to co- come in and, and write you up for insubordination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, there is that. You definitely have to deal with insubordination. But, uh, I mean, there there is this um, this weakness in ministry that that we don't want to, we don't ever want to talk about. We don't want to say, you know, let your people wound you. Yeah. Right? Because I think we don't want to get up and teach that, that model. As, well, you're just a doormat. You have no authority as a leader. When yes. actually the Bible yeah. gives us the opposite understanding. That if yes. you will walk into a place of allowing the Lord to heal you when other people wound you, then there's actually yes. a place of authority like you were talking about that is yeah. brought by the Holy Spirit into this realm. I will say I have yeah. been in I have been in different situations and I have watched leaders respond by the Holy Spirit and completely diffuse a situation and I've watched mm. leaders respond with their training quote unquote and it blow up yeah. in your face. Yeah. I will tell you I would rather be the person wow. who's spirit led and able to yeah. bring like to diffuse a situation and watch those leaders address things in the spirit realm in their prayer life than to attack yeah. the person or try to justify the defense of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you know what's so good is I, I heard a pastor one time say, he said this, he said, I rely on principle when I can't, when I can't sense presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, it's always knowing principles behind leadership are wonderful. They're found in the Bible. They're found in the word of God, all those wonderful leadership principles on the Jethro principle, all those different things. But even with those, if the first thing you go to is always a principle, Mm -hmm. it means that you're not relying on the Holy spirit in that moment. Mm -hmm. Because in that moment he may say, no, I don't want you to use that principle. I want you to use this principle, or I want you to do it this way, or I want you to do it the way that Jesus did on the cross. You know, uh, I want you to forgive like he forgave on the, and you're like, wait a second, you know, he, and so I, it's so important 
Um, I was going to bring this up too, but uh, for years I felt like I dated Jesus. I, fit, I, I dated the Lord, the Holy Spirit. And then about 10 years ago, we got married. And by that, I mean, we met every day. We met mm-hmm. daily. Mm-hmm. And that changed, you know, everything, it, it, it's seasons. It really is, it's seasonal. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as you grow in that relationship, to meet every day is literally a marriage. It's fun to date Jesus. Um, it's a blast. Like, hey, how you doing? You know, here I am. You know, I know we talked four days ago, but we're going to talk again. Um, and, and I don't want to put down anybody who's at their place that they're at with the Lord. Because mm-hmm. he gives us the grace to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. He knows what we need, you know. But then when you say, okay, you know, I'm going to set a time. And I'm going to meet with him every day. Well, now you're married. And so um, I, I haven't ever been married. But I do know that married people, you can always you can always see in a restaurant who's dating and you can see who's married mm-hmm. <laughs> right it's mm-hmm. so obvious the dating the dating couple is smiles and they're they're laughing and they're talking the married couple usually isn't talking but they're just in each other's presence mm-hmm. um and they still show up uh they show up even when maybe it's not fun um, and so for years I went through, uh, I went through like just marriage and it was kind of, it was wonderful at times. Sometimes it was just humdrum. Sometimes it was just going through the, through the motions. And then I feel like last year, if I could, if I could give last year a title, I would say, you know, for years I would hear people speak about being a, a baptism of fire, that there are three different baptisms, you know, and theologically, some people have been like, oh, there's, you know, only baptism in water and baptism in the Holy Spirit, and there's no third baptism. But for me, uh, I felt like, whoa, I have always known um, the Lamb of God, but last year I met the Lion of Judah. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a baptism of fire that was like, wow. And, and from my understanding, to go through what we're getting ready to go through, to to endure what is getting ready to come to the American church, I'm like, if we're going to last, we have to have that baptism of fire. Mm-hmm. Well, I 100% <laughs> agree. I have two more questions that I feel like the Holy Spirit yes. gave me to ask you. One of them is, what can we do as catalysts to position ourselves to prepare for revival? Ooh. Um, Well, you know, there's always... (laughs) There's always that, you know, there's always a four-pronged approach to things. I forget some of the the four-pronged approach of going back and looking at at different things. So there is, of course, going to the Word of God. um, And we see, you know, waiting in the upper room. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, there's just, there's no uh, substitute for waiting for him when we wait and we diligently wait upon him. Like Mm -hmm. the only, this is only coming from the Lord. Like, Lord, we are waiting on you for revival. Mm -hmm. I have to prepare myself to learn how to wait. Um, How do you want me to wait? All those different kind of questions. Where do you want me to wait? Where do you want me to pray? 
Um, where do you want to bring revival? All, all of the questions that you can sit and you can ask. And um, you have to say, okay, God, has, has revival come to my heart? What does it look like? How, can I pre- how, can, how do I prepare for revival to come to my heart? What are you asking me to do in this season? And it's usually something very small. It's not usually something, but, but the small things have huge results in the Spirit. Mm. Um, the second thing is, is I love, you know, the, the second thing they tell us to do is to, and I'm trying to remember... Oh, uh, yeah, it's look at history, right? And so one of the things I love to do is I love to study the history of revivals, um, how God brings them about, what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back and saying, okay, uh, the, the, uh, the Welsh revival, um, all of the different revivals, mm-hmm. the, the, even if you think that they were weird, even some of the weirdest revivals, um, the Toronto blessing is probably the one that gets the biggest hit for being the weirdest. But you know, they they for for twelve years they went six nights a week. Mm-hmm. Now some people would say that's crazy. Um, you know, people now are saying um, I want to build a revival culture, and I think we're seeing that more in our churches that people are saying, hey. I don't want so much every night of the week, but I want um, I want to create a revival culture within my church. Mm-hmm. And so, however the Lord is 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 downloading that to you, um, I say study that. How do churches, you know, go to Ron Ives and say, "Hey, Pastor Ron uh, in Turlock, how how are you creating a revival culture in your church? What does that look like?" Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe that's not what the Lord is asking of you, but even just opening yourself up to what others are doing in that area, it can spark something in you. And he maybe says one thing and the Lord goes, that's it. Yeah. You know, so being around people who are hungry for revival is huge. And then also going back to um, our church fathers, you know, it's always really important because wisdom is in a multitude of counselors. And so I have to personally go back for me and I have to say, okay, I know that I've been following him only since I was five. I always say I was saved from a life of crime at the age of five. Um, I'm 48 years old. Mm-hmm. I want to go back even further, even from when the Assemblies of God was formed. Um, I want to go back. What were they saying back then? What were the early church fathers saying? Mm-hmm. How did the early church manage? What What were the, some of the principles they followed? What did Paul say? And so most of my re—it's so funny. As I went through this season, Carrie— like, I wasn't reading really the latest and greatest. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like Corey Russell, Paul, you know, or Dr. Cho in regards to prayer mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, watching YouTube clips, that's wonderful. But, man, I was going back mm-hmm. to the 1800s. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Like, yeah. like what, what, was, what was Finney saying? You know, when you watch the principles of how he would set up intercessors mm-hmm. before a revival mm-hmm. would come, he would come and yeah. do a revival in a certain area. And he would, the process that he would go through, mm-hmm. the, the pre- preparation of the ground and the spirit. Mm-hmm. And then after he left, they would call it a scorched earth because yeah. there would not be yeah. one person left in the town that needed Jesus. Like if you were an evangelist and you followed Finney, yeah. you were hungry. You, yeah. you lived starving because there was no souls mm-hmm. to be saved. Like, if you followed him, you were dumb. <laughs> yeah, because there was nobody left. He would walk into this one. He walked into a business because he was visiting a town, and they had him walk in to uh, industrial. They were, like, all, 
uh, they were all, uh, this was like during the Industrial Revolution, and they were all at their sewing machines. And he walked into the room, and one lady started to make fun of him and started laughing because she'd heard about him. And then all of a sudden, she started weeping mm-hmm. as he walked in the room. Mm-hmm. And revival hit that whole entire complex, and all 200 were saved that day. They had to shut it down because everybody was weeping and overcome mm-hmm. by the spirit of repentance in the room. And so God, throughout history, I'm getting all excited, has used a man or a woman. This is what he does. And he uses the most unlikely candidate. And so I have to say, God, where is it that you are wanting to use me? Are you wanting to use me in prayer? Wherever it is, there's, we look back at the, uh, at the Haverty's revival, and there were two older ladies that never mm-hmm. went to the revival. They were so old, they couldn't leave their home. Mm-hmm. They ended up dying right as the revival started, but they prayed the revival mm-hmm. in. They're the ones who prayed the revival in. They can, They never even went to the revival, but they prayed it in. It happened, and they died. God, I'm willing to, to play my part. What is my part? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What training, What training, God, do you need me to have? What, what area of learning about deliverance? What area of learning about repentance? What area, how do, you know, what is it that you want me to learn do you want me to go get a degree? I mean, whatever it is, God, he, he speaks to us all mm-hmm. differently. You know, do you want me to move here? Do you want me to move there? Um, just a willingness, that willingness to say, God, wherever it is you want to use me, mm-hmm. use me. Yeah. You know, I mean, that he when when you pray that prayer, yeah, he's like, oh, wait a second, wait a second. Wait, hold on, I just heard, hold on. Everybody quiet down. I just heard Char say, Oh, she said the magic word. I don't know if he uses the word magic in heaven. Uh, but, he, you know, she said the word. She said it. She said it. Use me anywhere. Yeah. There we go. Okay, angels, go. Dispatch. Seriously, I'm like, that's what he's looking for right there. Boom. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think I hear you saying, or it feels like, there's a generation that's coming up. And I know generation is inner age, but I'm talking about this younger generation that's coming up they struggle with more things and more stuff and have more against them and that pushes you to a place of desperation more quickly and yes it sounds like the lord is preparing us the leadership of the church to be ready to move into places of helping people get delivered so that they can find christ in a very quick way that's accessible to bring them into this place of really knowing Jesus, not a prepackaged understanding of what a Christian quote unquote should look like. Absolutely. Um, I've seen the, like the ramping up in the spirit. Um, I truly believe, um, I was actually in my prayer time one morning. I haven't shared this with a lot of people, but I said, Lord, is this, for the church or for in general or for a church that I'm going to be a part of in the future. I don't know, but what I saw, and I pray that it's the future of the church. What I saw was so incredible. Um, and not everybody's going to, you know, a lot of people are going to have a hard time with it, but the amount of um, drawing that's going to happen mm-hmm. 
and the people who are drawn to the church because the world will get so desperate that we will be literally the safe haven. And if you've ever gone to Disneyland and you've ridden on a ride, they take you sometimes into a room. This is one of the great things that they do. Disneyland does a lot of things well. Uh, they're, you know, they're always taking heat for the woke and everything. But um, what they do well is they explain to you what's going to happen in the other room. Mm-hmm. They take you into a room and they explain the ride. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I'm in prayer and I enter into like this trance. And, and I'm like, whoa, this is cool. And I see like I'm in the, in the ceiling and I'm looking down on what is happening in the room. And literally people are walking into a lobby and the greeters that are normally just greeters in the church mm-hmm. were actually like altar workers. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the lobby had become the altar mm-hmm. and the sanctuary, sanctuaries were turned back into sanctuaries. Now, the worship team had already been in there leading worship, even with no one in there, because they were they were keeping the fire on the altar lit. Mm-hmm. And so um, they weren't just worshiping because people had gathered and now they worship. They were they were just worshiping already because they're worshiping him and they are ministering to him around the clock 24 seven. And so what would end up happening was the door sp- uh, the 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 altar workers at the front would say okay now i need to explain what's going to happen in the next room the next room when you walk in it is so holy that you have to be prepared for his presence Mm. is there anyone here who has not accepted jesus yet as their savior because you need to do this before you step in to the sanctuary and i saw this happening where the church now becomes a place where the world comes in and this is like the pool of Siloam. Mm-hmm. This is this is the, the 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 healing, the house of healing, the house of mercy. Pool of Siloam is house of mercy. Mm-hmm. No, pool of Bethesda. Pool of Bethesda is house of mercy. And so this was this mercy house set up in communities that we have these mercy houses where people go in and they receive healing. And literally, people have to walk up to them and say, "I know that it's uh, I know that it's been two hours, but your two hours are up, and we have to we have to switch out the room where there's more people in the lobby waiting to get in." You have to go back outside, back up again, so you can sit back in the room, the, the, the house of mercy. And so it was almost like the lobby was a triage center where we're like, oh, you need deliverance? Okay, we have a room over here, people that are praying for deliverance. Oh, you need to sit in the pool of Bethesda? Here's, okay, here's access to the pool. But the, but the lobby was so full that literally there's lines around the building of people getting in to be healed. And I'm like, this, I believe, I've seen the future of the church, and it was so beautiful because the world was so bad. And I'm like, oh, dear God, are we ready? We must get ready. We must get ready. Yeah. 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 It's, oh, sure. This is good. Yeah. This is good. Let's do this again because there's a place that need to help people have language to articulate the kingdom of heaven on earth now yeah you're speaking in that way that's giving people understanding and that is the lord's heart to free people from confusion and fear and anxiety and depression and to bring them understanding and so they know 
And so they know what to expect yeah. and how to walk into that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I just, I, um, I just felt as you were talking, uh, is, is it okay if, if I pray over people yes. who have been offended by the church? Yes. Um, because this, this is the, this is the thing that is going to, um, cause them to not, there's been so many, um, and they, they won't, they don't want to let go of it because they don't want to be hurt again. But the very thing that can bring them healing is the very thing that they're running away from. Mm. So what I had to learn in my life is that the very place that the enemy meant for evil, God is intended for good. So the very place that brought me many friendships wounded me, but friendships were where I find the healing. And that's the very thing I want to stay away from. Mm. And so I just want to pray for the for the individual who's been wounded, who's carrying around resentment mm -hmm. and doesn't know how to release it. I've been there. I get it. I've been abused. I've been hurt. I've had the spirits thrown at me. Mm -hmm. If you've been in ministry for any length of time, every one of us can identify. What is the difference between the person who makes it and the person who doesn't? Um, forgiveness, walking in forgiveness every single day, walking in forgiveness. And it is a choice. Um, so, Lord, I just I thank you for the individual who's listening right now, Father God. And this is not to bring them condemnation of that they haven't done forgiveness well enough, Lord, uh, or anything like that, God. Uh, they may have a wonderful case. They may have a case that they could take to a judge, and the judge would say, you're right, you've got a great case. But, Lord God, we know that you are the great judge. You are the good judge. And so, Father, we know that you have the ability to bring justice. And in the area of wounding, Lord God, is where you want to bring the greatest healing. And so, Father, I believe we have a generation out there that has been so wounded. They have deconstructed. They have tried to do all of these different things. But, Lord God, the thing that's going to bring them healing is forgiveness. And so I just speak, Lord, against, against the spirit of resentment that has settled. I feel like it has settled into joints. It has settled into marrow. It has settled into bones. It has brought sickness. It has brought illness upon them. It has brought um, uh, disease uh, even in their joints and their bones, it is it is destroying the unforgiveness is literally destroying them physically, mentally, spiritually. And so I just speak against the spirit of resentment right now, and I just I, I call it out of the bone marrow in the name of Jesus. And I just say, Father God, Holy Spirit, rush in with your healing power and your hand, God, and bring healing and allow the, God. I just pray. Give them the grace right now to forgive. Mm. And in the morning when they get up, give them the grace again to forgive, God. Help them to walk in forgiveness, God. It's not just a one and done, but it is a walk in forgiveness, God. Change how they talk. Change how they pray, God. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Yes. In Jesus' name, Father. Jesus. Bring healing. Yes, yes God. Mm, yes. yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's what we're here to do. Have life-giving conversation Ooh. that gives people yeah. application in how they can walk this out for themselves. Yeah. That's the whole yeah. point of this Haven yeah. Chat. So thank you for walking in that. Absolutely. Is there yeah. anything else you want to add, Shar, before we close? I would just say, the only thing I would say is uh, get ready. You know, T.D. Jakes used to say, get ready, get ready, get ready, but get ready. It's coming. Mm -hmm. And it is going to be uh, as, as 
as confusing as it may be to the church, because we're going to have to be dealing with things we've never dealt with, mm-hmm. it's going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. I just sense that. I sense mm-hmm. the church is going to be like, what? We've been praying for this. It's it's happening. Heaven is, has come down. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we know that the devil has come to church for years. And just now he's starting to get uncomfortable in our services. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are seeing, you know, demonic activity in our mm-hmm. services. We are seeing people manifesting. Um, mm-hmm. It's happening all over the place mm-hmm. from small churches to big churches. Train, if you're listening to this and you're a leader, start beginning to train your people. I know I'm just getting ready to meet with some leaders and do some training on what does deliverance ministry look like? What does freedom ministry look like? What does it look like to be able to help Christians who serve the Lord that have deep strongholds in mm-hmm. certain areas? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of these different theological questions. How do you make this uh, a place that's free of fear, um, but also a place of freedom? Mm-hmm. And so uh, things are going to start happening in your services if you go down this trail. Don't don't pull back. Mm-hmm. Move forward. Um, right. Step in. Just keep stepping in and saying, okay, God, we have the tools for this. This is nothing new. This is what you've commanded us to do. In Matthew, you told us, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, he'll, he'll raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast mm-hmm. out the demon, all those different things. This is this is not just for someone who works in deliverance ministry. This is for all of us. This is discipleship 101. And uh, so, Lord, just, you know, train us. Train us up help us to learn and it's you know what we're not going to succeed every time (laughs) we're not going to have uh you know it's like learning how to speak in tongues it's learning a language you don't speak perfectly in a language the minute that you get it Mm -hmm. uh you grow in it and Mm -hmm. so be okay with uh learning how to grow if i keep saying to my leaders i feel like i'm you know i've got floaties on and i'm in the deep end of the pool and that's okay Mm -hmm. it's okay to admit that um so it's all good it's a great place to be in over your head is wonderful. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yep. are there any resources in this time? You mentioned uh, Finney. You mentioned Corey Russell. I mean, just resources as we walk deeper into this place that aren't just yes. leadership tools, but places that give practical meat. Hold on, I'm actually looking them up on my phone because I keep them on my phone. I keep a whole bunch of uh, all these different resources that I recommend to people on a regular basis. Um, Absolutely, because it's just so important to, um, you know, like I said, being able to study what our forefathers did. So for me, um, one of the first things that I I love, and and it's in regards to growing deeper in your relationship with Jesus, is it's an old book from, I believe, the 1600s. It's by a lady named Jeannie Guyon. They used to call her Madam Guyon, and it's Mm -hmm. a book called Experiencing the Depths of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, Watchman Nee used to have this book translated uh, for every new believer that came in. Uh, He he had this book translated for them because he believed it was so important. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, you know, anything by Bob Sorge, I love Secrets of the mm-hmm. Secret Place, mm-hmm. and this is, uh, it's keys to igniting your personal time with the, God, with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Bob Sorge is just phenomenal about making sure that you have, this, you know, a place that you go to daily with the Lord, yeah. and, and creating um, a history with Him, mm-hmm. that I can look back in my journals, you know, when I'm going through a hard time, I can pull out my journals with the Lord and go like, oh man, look at what He said here, look at what He said here, and writing down what He said. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, putting a pen and paper by your bed at night so that when you sleep, when he wakes you up in the night, you're immediately able to write down what he said. Yes. Um, there is a book called There Is More by Randy Clark, The mm-hmm. Secret to Experiencing God's Power to Change Your Life. I love that book. Um, it was actually one of the first books I, I purchased last year when I was going through some stuff. I was like, God, what is it I'm dealing with? Um, I also love watching Emma Stark. She's a prophet. Yeah. Um, out of Glasgow, mm-hmm. and um, everything I've heard from her has been right on. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there may be things that she says that I, I'm not aware of that are um, theologically not sound. You know what? Hey, spit it out. Just be like, yeah, I'm not, I don't believe that, whatever. But, you know, be open to to to, to what God is, is saying through people who have um, uh, a certain level of being vetted Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Life Ablaze by Rick Renner is very good, and that's just simple keys to living on fire for God. And I, mm-hmm. I can send you these so you can link them. Perfect. And then uh, Corey, Corey Russell has Teach Us to Pray. That is just mm-hmm. a phenomenal book. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Prayer, Key to Revival by Yang Yi Cho mm-hmm. and Wade Goodall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for revival books, my favorite, I got to tell you, I think my favorite is The Power to Change the World by Rick Joyner. Mm-hmm. And um, that that studies the Welsh revival and it studies Azusa, uh, Azusa revival. Um, let me see. There's a book I'm getting ready to read. Uh, there's, uh, also you can go online. There's, uh, Jennifer Miskoff is her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, M I S K O V. And, um, she actually just goes around and teaches on revival. And while she's teaching, revival will begin to break out in the room. Mm-hmm. She just goes around and talks about, mm-hmm lives that were on fire yeah, stirring people's and hearts. and yeah and it just begins it begins to happen yeah. in the room and yeah. she just you know she's so humble from everything i've seen and witnessed and and seen what she's she's presented uh she does a lot of work with heidi baker mm-hmm. um and and so which is beautiful um and so she has written some books um, so my next book is that I'm getting into and I've purchased is Life on Wings. It's the Forgotten Life and Theology of uh, Carrie Judd Montgomery of the 1858, you know, 1946 is when she lived. And so um, being able to look back and say, you know what, this stuff isn't weird. Mm-hmm. It was what God did when a, when the world was in such a place that it needed it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we are. That's where we are again. Um, you know, we have modern day speakers now that I love, like Sean Smith, Sean and Krista Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a book, Prophetic Evangelism. So there's that. Um, you know, Mike Bickle has uh, Growing in the Prophetic. Mm-hmm. And then there's a book that I love, but it is out of print, but it's called Fire on the Altar, Those Who Carried the Flame. If you can get a used copy of this book, it is absolutely... Absolutely, the stories of the revival stories, you know, testimonies are so important because the word testimony actually means in Hebrew, do it again. And so when you, when you read a testimony or when you share a testimony, it raises the faith in the room. So there's actually a, when I, when I go and speak at at churches, there's a few things I look for. I look for stains on the carpet that tell me they have kids ministry. I look for Kleenex on the altar. It tells me they're still repentant over their sins. Mm -hmm. And I look for people who share testimonies. Um, You know, we did away with testimony service because we felt like it got weird. Mm -hmm. And um, so we threw the baby out with the bathwater because we wanted to uh, appear, um, sophisticated Mm. and 
you know, and so we didn't want sister so-and-so standing up anymore saying he healed my hernia, you know, mm-hmm. um, because that doesn't play well on social media or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is now we have maybe a person sitting out there with a hernia that doesn't have a level of faith to believe that God can heal them mm-hmm. because we have, we have, um, you know, we we don't want to uh, surrender our it, it's pride. I think mm. a lot of it's pride. So um, you know, I mean, hey, for what it's worth, I'll throw that out there. <laughs> but um, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then there's some just some great resources out there on fivefold ministry. If you're a pastor, uh, Dr. Carolyn Tennant has has some great stuff on you know catch the spirit of the wind, fivefold ministry those kinds of things. Um, and if you are a pastor and you're listening, please read The Forgotten Ways by Alan Hirsch uh, about the foundations of the early church and mm. just the model of how we are returning to the church being on the outskirts of society and how that actually bodes well for us. Mm-hmm. And that we are we are back on the fringe. And when the church gets to the fringe of society is when it becomes most effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just powerful stuff. Yeah. And we're here for it. I mean, it's so good. It's so good. And I love this because I told the Lord, I tell him often, I want to be in the thick of it. It doesn't always look like I thought it would look, but I want to be in the thick of it. And I want to be following Holy Spirit and what he's saying while we're there. And I love that yeah. about Jesus' life. He has all this stuff and people around him, and he's like, hey, who touched me? The disciples are like, yeah. uh, everyone? <laughs> he's like, no, nope. yeah. something just happened. Power left my body because there yeah. was someone that was pushing past everything else. Yep. I'm yeah. so grateful for you, Shar. I'm grateful that I get Aww. to call you my friend. I'm grateful for this time and this conversation. I hope you come back. I think it would actually yes. be really fun to even do like a couple segments where we just kind of break down some stuff and go through some things that you've touched on, like trances and closed visions. And I know open yeah. visions are a thing we didn't talk about, but how that yes. happens and how to respond to that and not be weirded out that it's happening when it happens in your life because it's increasing in, in yes. everyone. So when it happens, yes. what do you do with that? Where do you go? How do you, you know? Yeah. So I love that yeah. we gave resources for books to help people. Um, I know like yeah. Emma Stark is on YouTube. So that's a yes. resource that you can, if you're more of a visual learner or you just need someone to listen to, while you're driving, she's a good place there. And I think some yeah. of those books you mentioned can also be on audio. So yes. if you don't have it at your library yep. and you have a free library app, start requesting them so you can listen. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. You know, you're never going to get to a place, I don't think, where when when revival comes, and I know some people are like, well, revival is now, but I, I agree. Um, you know, we're definitely seeing it in different increments. Um, and I, I know that the Lord is, it's kind of like, I know the Lord is everywhere, but I want him here. Right. Um, and so as he begins to move closer to us, as his presence begins to rest heavier on us, if he, if he rested, 
his full weight on us right now, we would die. It would crush us. And so we are preparing, as Emma Stark says, I love this picture of we're preparing the structure to contain him, to contain his weight, right? And our worship is the tool that does this to, to, to build this structure of worship that contains him as the church globally. And I love this, but you're never going to get to, you don't, we're not going to say, oh, I regretted that I had too much training. We can't get too much training in these areas. I just don't think so. So. Yeah, dig in, dig yeah. in. Just make sure that your head doesn't outgrow your heart. Yeah, absolutely. All right, my friend. Um, oh, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you for being here. So thank you so okay. much for yeah, joining definitely. us on Haven Chat today. And thanks again to Shar for being here. And we will see you soon. <laughs> All right, thank you.